Hey, it's Mother Funny Time with Andy and Angie. Two cousins, eight kids, one grandkid, two states. And a whole lot of fun. Welcome back, Mother Funny Tribe. We hope that you are having an amazing January because you're back here with Angie and Andy. And it's January 45th because January is the longest month. <laughs> we still have, <laughs> still have a while to go before January is over. Still going, everyone. It's so funny because you called that like a few podcasts back. You were like, January is the longest month of the year. And I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) And you're like, we're still here. We're still in January. And it's been icy in parts of the world, snowing places, negative degrees places, I've heard these tales, and so we decided, Angie, really, it was really Angie's idea, and I think it's brilliant, that we would talk about this <laughs> subject. What are we going to talk about, Angie? Okay, wait. What? Yes, it has been icy and snowy and so cold, especially and in Texas, for all of you in Texas, you know, it was in like negative seven degrees where we, we were at. Wow. Like, that's so cold. That's made up. But Andy, tell everybody where you were, where you were, where the rest of us were freezing. Well, 24 hours ago, I was in Maui. So it was, (laughs) (laughs) I've been fine. (laughs) I've been a little sweaty, if you'd ask me. Andy has a a tan. tan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We called it tanuary. (laughs) It's tanuary. It helps keep the month shorter. Yeah, so while the rest of us are freezing and wearing our big jackets and our hats and our gloves just to go pick up kids from school, I mean, literally, like, we are dressed out just to, like, walk our kids to the front door of school. Andy is getting tan and enjoying beautiful, beautiful Hawaii and snorkeling. Well, I was wearing a hat, too. It's just a trucker hat. (laughs) It's a sun hat. (laughs) Not the same. Not I wore flip flops. <laughs> yeah, it was it was amazing. I came home to California and it's very rainy and cold and overcast. So my body doesn't know what's happening. Um, Wait, but, by, by cold, what? do you mean it's like 55 <laughs> degrees? Yeah. Well, <laughs> let me see. It's been in the 60s. So oh it's frigid. <laughs> the low 60s. Not the high 60s. Let me see. I, and rain, did I mention there was rain? I don't know if I mentioned the rain, but there, there's been rain. Nobody feels and sorry there, for you. Just so you know. <laughs> nobody feels sorry for you. to the weather, there's a chance of light rain in the next hour. So pray for us. I'm just kidding. You're so brave. I'm so brave. I have not left my house today. Anyway, so what are we talking about? Today, Mother Funny Tribe, we're talking about the super fun, super exciting topic that actually every single mom has to experience or their kids experience. And some moms even dread this. They absolutely dread when their kids are bored. Dun, dun, dun. Boredom. So we're talking today as everybody has snow days or whatever. Boredom and children. Well, when children are bored, right? Mainly kids being bored. 
Yeah, and there's this idea of moms think they have to keep their kids so busy, so overscheduled, on the go, because that is what childhood is supposed to look like. Like I'm using air quotes, you know, or just keep them extra active and um, going from this activity to this activity. And especially like once they are home from school and then it's, you know, extracurricular activities or on weekends, do the play dates and extracurricular activities or holidays or like we had that three day long weekend, you know, so, oh, let's go on a quick ski trip or go to this little mini vacation. And it's this huge like pressure and it's kind of a newer trend actually where moms think like their kids can't be bored. You know, like if their child is bored, then maybe the mom is doing something wrong or like, oh, that's a missed opportunity or, oh, no, you don't have something to do. So that's a reflection on the mom and the mom's parenting when it's like, well, sometimes kids just need to be in that moment, you know, or like how many moms try to keep their kids busy because they don't want them to be bored because the second like their kids are bored, they start to complain or nag the parents. I think that's the big one. (laughs) You're all leave me alone. Do something else. Right. Because the kids are like, mom, I don't have anything to do. I don't have anything to play with. I don't have any toys, you know, and they just start complaining. So moms are like, quick, let's come up with an activity. Let's come up with something to do. So that way you're not bored. But actually, boredom is a benefit. And there's many positives to being bored. But I just thought at the beginning of this, podcast or something that we could kind of mention is just talking about why moms feel that pressure to like entertain their kids. I mean, moms are already doing so many things already, but then it's also like that added pressure of like, and you have to entertain the kids. Like you have to do laundry, you have to cook, you have to clean, you're driving your kids here and there and entertain the kids. And I think there's been that huge shift more recently than maybe back when you and I grew up. For sure. And I think my opinion, which I'm no professional, though we know how I did in calculus, so take that for what you want. (laughs) Well, then you are a professional. I I mean, okay, I was trying to be, you know, (laughs) humble about it, but I'm a professional. Um, No, I believe, I feel like in my own experience that... When our generation or maybe Gen X, I know I've talked about being Gen X and maybe even older millennials, like when we were young, um, we didn't have a lot of the fun things that we have. We didn't have the Internet. Video games were eight byte. We didn't even have DVRs. We couldn't record shows. We had like 13 channels. Um, My parents did pay for cable. So I had the cable shows, (laughs) which was nice, which a lot of people I knew didn't. So I had at least movies, but um, like a lot of parents, my parents both worked and in the summers we would be, I remember being bored to a point of like being almost depressed as a kid. Like it wasn't until later that I realized that's what it was, but I remember there'd be points where I just felt like hopelessly bored and that boredom like it went it went away when I got older and I could drive and, you know, have my own life. But before I could drive, when you're stuck at home as a kid and you have nowhere you can go and your friends are maybe out of town on vacation, um, there's nothing to do. Like it was painful. And I've talked to other people who said the same thing. They would be like, how yeah, it was painful just 
being home and nowhere you could even, only places you could walk and you probably didn't have any money. And you like, we had like a local like club that had a pool, but you had to pay to go in. My parents would get us like the dollar movies we could go to once a week, but that was once a week. You know what I mean? So it was like, there was a lot of boredom when I was a kid in specifically in the summer that was really, I don't want to use the word traumatic, but it kind of was. I mean, because it carried me even till now. I haven't actually felt that feeling in <laughs> since I was really young. But if I start to even feel that bored feeling I did, I had as a kid that I like I get out of it. But there's we live in a time now where you're not able to have that feeling. Where you're not able to be that bored. I mean, there's so many options as everyone knows to not be bored, to be entertained in some way. There's countless movies streaming. Um and that's just if you're it's inside and don't have any money or anywhere to go, you can still play video games and connect with people around the world. Before we only had a, a rotary phone, <laughs> you know, like a phone to call people. You knew everybody's phone numbers. I still know a couple of phone numbers from high school. I don't know my kids' personal cell phone numbers now. Like I don't have those memorized, but my childhood friend's number and my childhood number, I remember because you had to know those. So yeah, as as I got older, I'm like, I never want my kids to feel that level of boredom. So I think... Part of me feeling that pressure to make sure they're never bored is from when I was a kid. So, yeah. It's actually really interesting that you're saying that because when you're talking about long periods of boredom, there is more to that. And then they're talking about like short periods of boredom can actually be healthy for children to experience. But one thing that parents could really work towards like with talking with their kids if their child comes up and is like mom I'm bored you know helping them identify is that the actual true emotion like are you actually bored are you lonely do you need attention right now do you are you hungry do you need a nap like sometimes kids overall can like just use the term bored And then that, but maybe they're not actually naming the correct emotion. So part of like how quickly when a child comes up and like, mom, I'm bored. And we automatically start going, going, going. But to actually stop and like ask them questions about what boredom is to them or what they're thinking or feeling at that moment. Because now as you're talking and you're like, I had so much time where I wasn't doing anything. You're saying bored, which you probably were bored. But also, you know, were you lonely at that time? Or were there other needs that you had that possibly weren't getting met or that you needed or things you needed to do or wanted to do? Like, was there more to it? It's just this whole phenomenon. Like when you start to like dig deeper under what boredom truly is. Some of it is healthy and beneficial and kids do need to be bored at specific times. Um, Sometimes it could just be uncomfortable. You know, sometimes it could be an actual like negative response to something going on. Like there's so much to it. And how quickly do we just say, oh, they're bored or a child says, oh, I'm bored or even as moms like, oh, I'm so bored. I mean, it was interesting because, you know, like even moms, like do moms get bored? Recently, I've just started like Turning everything off, like if I'm driving, because I usually like listen to a lot of things um, like podcasts or clips or sermons or whatever. But sometimes now, even when I'm driving, I just don't listen to anything like when no one's in the car. You know, I'm just I don't even listen to anything because I'm like, let me just like think my own thoughts. You know, as so many times we're always plugged into what we're listening to. But how many times do we actually unplug and like 
allow our mind to wander and to think of certain things. But even like it was before the freezing weather. So this was a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> we knew like the weather was going to change. Because um, in Texas, it's like hot and it's cold and it's only good temperatures for a short amount of time. And then all of a sudden it's too hot or too cold. So we took all the kids outside and we were like, you guys just go play outside. And there was neighbor kids. And then, you know, one of the kids was like, mom, I'm bored. There's nothing to do. And I just said, well, you're not going inside. Like, you've got to figure this out because we are not going inside. Like, go have fun. Work at it. And so then they got all the neighbor kids together and they were all talking. And sure enough, they came up with some game where they had like a huge fishing net and a box full of balls. And they would like throw the ball and the other kid would try to like catch it in the fishing net. And then they would like do that over and over and over again. And it was like, it kept them busy. They actually did it for three days in a row. Anytime they all could play, they were playing this like game outside in the street. And it's kind of that idea of like, working through that are you bored or is there just nothing for you to do or do you have to work a little bit harder to come up with something to do you know or is it something else you know do you need a mom's attention I mean I don't know there's just I think boredom can cover so many things when in actuality to try to be specific when it comes to that term boredom yeah no I get it I mean because you could have tons of things around you like to do and you can be bored and it's mainly like because you don't want to do them right like I think the there's a boredom when a child has literally like nowhere to go no friends around no like not much on you know all they have is a tv where that boredom I think can be detrimental like I think that you know that's when kids are looking for anything to escape so that's that's when one side, but I think now, because I think a lot of kids have things to do that we're so used to being distracted that it's easy. Like we think we're bored really quickly. Like imagine being in line somewhere where, you know, you have to wait. Like this is, this has happened to me. You have to wait somewhere. Say it's like an hour, like you have an hour wait and you're like, I don't have my phone. I mean, and all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh. But as kids, that was our life. Like, we never had a phone. We just were bored. We just sit there. We would just find something to do. We would be creative or whatever. But now we're we're so not used to it. So I think it's also hard as a parent when your child has, like, now a room full of toys. Where we were kids, like, toys weren't as probably cheap and accessible. Now toys are everywhere. Like, it's easy to buy your kids tons of things and for, you know, low cost or whatever. And then on top of the electronics. So kids can like always have something at their fingertips to do. So when they tell you you're bored and you're like, your childhood is so much more busy than mine. How in the world can you be bored? But I think it's like what you're saying, like they need something. Maybe that's the point where like you did, like you, your kid just needs to go outside because I think that there was a positive to not having all those things as a kid. We went outside. You randomly, like, we had neighbors. Whatever kids were around, you played with them because that's what you had. You know, we didn't have cars. We had scooters. We had skateboards. But we just played whatever. Now, we did get in trouble. We did we did do things that weren't <laughs> great. But there is that, you know, fun of just being creative with other kids and, you know, learning Learning to do things when 
learning to make a game out of sticks. I don't know. <laughs> but for periods of time, for periods of time, you know, I, I don't think it's good to be bored for too long. But yeah, I think, you know, there there was a point when my kids um, were older, when they would be bored, I'd be like, I think you should be bored. I think it would benefit you just to like sit and stare out the window on the drive. And just look at everything around you. Because we're so now used to not looking at our surroundings and noticing what's going on. Okay, it's so funny you're saying this. So, And I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast or not. But when I was pregnant with the twins and um, I mean, I must have been like uh, probably six weeks away from having them. So I was really, really pregnant with the twins. I want to go to the zoo one more time with the kids, with Riley in Brooklyn, before I have the twins. Because I knew I wouldn't be able to go to the zoo once I had the twins for a really long time, you know, because I just knew my life was forever going to change. So I'm hugely pregnant. Ryan, myself, Riley in Brooklyn, we all go to the zoo. We go to the San Diego Zoo. I walked for probably a good 45 minutes. And then I was like, I can't walk anymore. (laughs) Like, I'm done. Like, I'm pregnant. My back's hurting. I'm done. So I sat down at this table and I realized I didn't have my phone. And so mm. Ryan was like, hey, I'm going to go take the, you know, Riley and Brooklyn, I'm going to take the kids, take them to the other part of the zoo. And so I'm just sitting at this table. I don't have a phone. And I'm like, what in the heck am I going to do? Like, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> and it was so funny because then I just started like people watching and just seeing things and like noticing like the trees and the flowers and like everyone's walking by. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like looking up, you know, and like, I'm not even trying to take a picture of my kids. Like they were off with Ryan. Like I'm just here. And the funniest thing was how many people looked at me really strangely. Like I got the weirdest looks. Like, like what's that <laughs> creepy lady doing just sitting there staring? staring at us. <laughs> Don't you feel that way though? Yes. I was sitting at a table by myself without a phone, without any electronics, just sitting at a table watching and just looking around and people like could not handle it. Like they thought it was so weird and so odd. But then I would like be laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, they just gave me like the funniest look. But I wasn't, it was just, what else is it going to do? You know, like I didn't even have a book to read. Like I was not planning on like going to the zoo and sitting at a table. <laughs> and sitting at a table. Well, that's so funny that you say that because like I notice if I'm in like a waiting area, like we're all, even if it's like you're at a restaurant waiting for your order or like a takeout and you're standing there, everybody's on their phone. And if you're not, it's almost weird. Like people are it's like, stop staring. Yeah. Like I feel like I have to look at my phone just so people don't think I'm like staring at them or something. But it's just this weird shift in our world that I think, especially our age, I mean, I'm older than you by like six, seven years, but. <laughs> I'm going to say our age, that we have become accustomed to it. Like we grew up totally different from this life, but we're becoming accustomed to looking at our phones, to having something to do at all times. But what, okay, but I want to kind of switch gears. What do you do when your kids tell you they're bored? Like what's the first thing you do? Or what's some things that you can do? Um, Say there's no kids outside. Say that all the kids are gone and it's just your kids at home, maybe just two of them, two, because two, you have kids who play with with each other. So that is a bo- benefit. Like if you have kids who have siblings around the same age, it's nice because they can play together. But like I, my brother was four years older than me. My kids are about four years apart in different genders. So 
what would you tell your kids? Well, if my kids do come up and say like, mom, I'm so bored, then the first thing I say is, okay, time to start cleaning. That's what I say. (laughs) That's like built into moms. Yeah. I'm like, if you're really bored, I'm like, you can help me. How about this? You can help me clean or dot, dot, dot. You can read So, yes, they know not to say they're bored. Sometimes Brooklyn will say, Mom, I can't find anything to do right now. <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> if I don't say bored. <laughs> she's a clever one. That girl's pretty smart. <laughs> she's pretty clever. So this is what's interesting. Okay, there's two, like, trains of thought in this, which is something that I'm kind of, like, learning and trying to figure out where I stand in this. There's one idea of if your child comes to you and says that they're bored, then the parent says, okay, and then they like brainstorm with the child and then they come up with a bunch of ideas with that child and then they let the child choose. Like if it's a younger child, you could say like, okay, you know, kid, you can do this or this. But if it's an older kid, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine or older, you like can make a list of all the ideas and help them like start that project or start that activity or start that play time. And then you actually exit and like let them have fun or let them be creative on their own. So there's one, that idea. There's also another idea of parents don't help your kids at all. If they're bored, just say, okay, that's on you. Like, it's not my job as a mom to entertain you. So you're going to have to figure it out, but we're not doing electronics and you have a bunch of toys and do whatever you want to do. So it's actually fascinating. There's like I don't want to say a rivalry happening right now in the boredom world, but research actually supports both. Like, yes, parents, help your child figure something out. And then research also supports, well, actually, let your child figure it out completely on their own, because that way they might come up with their own idea that as a parent you never would have thought of. You know, like children's brains are so different and they're so young. So if a parent's like, let's do this puzzle, and then the child starts doing a puzzle, well, in actuality, are you actually impeding their creativity and getting in the way of them maybe building a fort so it's super fascinating so if my kids come up to me and say like mom i'm bored or which and they don't want to do you know fun house cleaning or laundry (laughs) so fun (laughs) so 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 fun um i kind of just tell them like hey you guys have a whole bunch of toys like you got to figure it out on your own. Sometimes I will start pulling out a bunch of crafts. Like we have a bunch of crafts. So like, okay, well, here's all these crafts. Like here's an idea. But because our kids are the girls, I should say, are so close in age, they kind of figure it out and they play with each other. You know, they can kind of come up with something um, to do on their own, which is helpful. I mean, there is the like, okay, then let's read for 20 minutes. And sometimes they're like, no, (laughs) or okay, it's reading time. (laughs) Yeah, I think I could see the benefits to both. And I think it would be a good idea to kind of do both. Like have times where you're helping your kid, but then have other times where you're like, ah, you're going to have to figure it out yourself this time. I think with my kids, again, because I was so just adverse, averse to them being too bored, I always helped them. And I like was their social person. And there's, I would say there's a good and a bad that came with that. One, they weren't ever super duper bored and they made friends. So that's great. But I became the social, (laughs) I became the social director of the house all the way till they were older. Now, the cool thing is now that my kids are adults, they're taking that on as themselves. 
Like I've seen both like my kids become the social directors of their own groups now. Like they know that I can't, you know, it's weird now if I become the social director of their lives and they do it on their own. And so I like, like I could see both sides. Like for a while, I'm like, what did I do? Why am I in charge? Why do I have to come up with all the fun things? They're teenagers. But now, now it's paid off. Like the kids are really great on their own doing that. So and when kids have play dates too, that's part of it. Like, because we have so many kids, I can't be the one who is monitoring and planning the entire play date. Like, if the twins want to have friends over, well, automatically you're now at four kids. Like, I went from two to four really quickly. And then I can't like micromanage their time. Like, I'm not a party planner for my twins, you know? So it's like, sure, you can invite your friends over. Usually I have some type of a painting activity that they always can do. Like, when if you go to Hobby Lobby or even the dollar store sometimes has like those wooden um, like crafts oh, yeah. or, you know, those things that you can paint. Like, I always have painting supplies. So usually if my kids are going to have a play date, they're, going to eventually end up painting because they just love to paint. And in school, kids don't have that much of an opportunity to paint. So my kids just love to paint anyway. So I always have some type of a painting activity. But in general, when they have their friends over, I don't let them turn the TV on to watch a show with their friends. Like your friend isn't here to come watch TV. Your friend isn't here to watch a movie with you. Like if it's in the middle of the day, like let's come up with something. So usually they're like riding their bikes or their scooters or if it's super, super cold, you know, then they will go out and they'll play. You know, we have a lot of gymnastics stuff. So they'll do gymnastics on the mats or, you know, they just have to work and figure it out between them. But sometimes, and I've noticed this even with birthday parties or other play dates, it's so monitored or so managed that the kids don't have a break from that you know, to kind of come mm. up with whatever they want to come up with. And I'm always fascinated with what my kids end up doing. I mean, and when it is a play date and there's lots of kids or whatever, kids move so quickly. So they're doing something for like 10 minutes and then they're doing another activity for five and then they're doing another activity for 20 minutes and then they're doing another activity for five. Like kids are just go, 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 go. But they all end up figuring it out because it only takes a short amount of time. So if one kid has an idea well, guess what? In five minutes, they'll go to their other friend's idea. And then their next friend, like I'd rarely hear the fighting of like, that's not what I want to do. Because the kids all know in five minutes, I'll be able to do that. <laughs> you know, like kids mm. are good with coming up with their own activities and then keeping each other super busy. But I know one thing Ryan will do and Jamie, his sister, like they love puzzles. They love puzzles. <laughs> I am not a puzzle person. I don't know if you're a puzzle person. I like puzzles. I do. They love like puzzles. Them. So like the second Ryan pulls out a puzzle or anytime we go to Colorado or with Jamie and her family, they always have puzzles. And it's so funny because randomly you'll just see a kid go over and just start working on the puzzle. Yes. Or like if Ryan it's sits great. down, I'll, the kids will all come and they'll start working on it. Or randomly like Ryan and Jamie would just start working on a puzzle or throughout the day, you would just see a few kids going over. And it's so funny because it's never like a, hey, you guys, this is puzzle time. <laughs> We've never had a no. puzzle time. That's the beauty of a puzzle is you take it out. And what we noticed, there was like this one time that we brought out a puzzle and we had it mostly done, but we still had a, a chunk left. And both Shallow's boyfriend and Daisy's husband were over. It was like a family night, but we just had the puzzle out. And all of a sudden, both of them just went over and like finished the puzzle, like got super into it. And we're like, this is such a great thing, especially like if you have people who... Um, and not if this wasn't their case, but if you have people who maybe 
are maybe a little more socially shy or whatever, like they can work on the puzzle. It's nice to have a puzzle out. I know that if I get started with the puzzle, it's hard for me to stop. So I I have to really decide whether or not I'm going to get into it because if I'm in it, I have to see it finished. So that's how Ryan is. You know, that Christmas, like Aunt Kathy gave us a puzzle, it was like a 500 piece puzzle. It was the Christmas we were in California for Daisy's wedding. And so Aunt Kathy gave us a puzzle and literally Ryan started at Christmas night. He didn't go to bed till so late that night because he had to finish it. (laughs) It has to be done. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, that was for the whole family. Like that was our family gift from Aunt Kathy. It's a family activity. And he was just like, I got to get it done. I mean, the girls helped him at the beginning. And then it was like, yeah, they had to go to bed and he had to finish it. That's exactly how he is too. Yes, we have this puzzle that we've had out for literally weeks. It's on a board. So we just move it, especially because Ezra likes to throw pieces. And if I sit down and really start, I'm going to get sucked in. And I haven't yet. So it's still there. It's <laughs> it just keeps like moving from one place because Chris will work on it, but he doesn't have to finish it. So he'll just work. He's pretty much done it, but it takes him a lot longer. So I know that once I sit down, if I really got into it, it'd be over. So I got to, I got to do it. But yeah, puzzles are great. I think not all kids like puzzles, you know, like you said, so finding, you know, having a couple things, I think it's great to have options for your kids to maybe say, this is what you have. Now go do what you want. Like if you're, maybe you're forgetting you have these toys or maybe, you know, you need to do whatever, but kids are smart. And I think that when we do micromanage everything, it can be a hindrance, like you said. We we were born to be to have some creativity. We we're born to be able to problem solve and do things. But if um as moms we take that on as as if we have to be the ones to solve all problems and come up with all fun things all the time, then I think it could be a controlling thing. So that's my two cents. No, I, I hear you. And I mean, there's, you know, even board games are like a good option uh, or like cards. I, cards are always fun. One thing I did with Cole. So for those of you with toddlers, here's something I just came up with as of today because it's still really cold <laughs> outside and Cole wanted to go outside. And I was like, sweetie, it's like 22 degrees. Like I can't, I can't go outside because <laughs> no. it hurts your face. Like, you know, when it's so cold outside, it like freezes your face. Like I can handle the cold, but not when my face is freezing. Like no. I don't need to wear like a face mask and goggles to go play outside with a toddler. Right. And so he loves dinosaurs, but his dinosaurs right now are like mixed in with some other toys. And so I brought out the tubs of his, that he has a few tubs of toys. And so I pulled out all the tubs and I said, okay, Cole, find all your dinosaurs. Go through these tubs and find out all your dinosaurs and we're just going to line them up here. Because what I'm thinking is I want to put all his dinosaurs in one tub. It literally kept him so busy for so long. <gasps> to him, it was a game. Amazing. <laughs> like, just find your dinosaurs. He doesn't realize, like, to him, he's sorting. You know, that's all he's doing. But he's, it's a oh. fun game for him. But for me, I'm like, it's a little bit of a way to organize it. So it doesn't have to be this, like, huge, expensive fun activity even for like a toddler or school age kids like sometimes even the basic things like magnetiles my twins and even brooklyn like they're in elementary school and intermediate school they love magnetiles you know it's like oh hey why don't you guys play with magnetiles and then all of a sudden they're like building a huge zoo and you're like wow that's incredible you know it's like you're saying give them maybe an option or throw something out here or there if they want to choose it 
But it's not saying you guys need to build a zoo with a magnetiles. <laughs> it needs to be three stories high. Get all of your little animal figurines. <laughs> Color coordinate them. And I got to say now, too, like some of the best memories of playing with your friends and stuff growing up were when you had to come up with those fun things to do. Like I totally remember like building forts or being at my friend's house and doing these just silly things, but it was so much fun. Like that's what stands out from childhood. So yeah, playing tag. Tag. We played hours of cards, hours of cards. Totally cribbage. Public service announcement, something I know parents are thinking of, but some aren't. Hide and go seek, not a game for kids to play anymore. Too dangerous. Too many things can go wrong. Hide and seek is out these days. (laughs) Is it? Yes. All I remember is that episode of Punky Brewster where Cherry hid in the fridge and she almost died. All of us were traumatized. We probably made it. It's our generation who watched that show who were like, no more hide and seek. You will end up in a fridge. You will end up like Cherry. Oh my gosh. That's the only Punky Brewster episode I remember. Nobody remembers any other episode except for the Cherry Refrigerator episode. I would like to put out to all our listeners, if that is the only Punky Brewster episode you remember, let us know. DM us on Instagram and... (laughs) It's so that true. was my favorite show. Like I watched it religiously. Yes. I loved that show. It was I, I the mean, best. I wanted to be Punky Brewster. I wore yes. the mismatched socks, like the mismatched uh-huh. colored socks. I the tried to dress tails. like her. Totally. I remember one episode. And that's it. And <laughs> it was that exact episode. Because it was traumatic. Like shows in our day were traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> like don't even get me started on get different strokes. <laughs> traumatic (laughs) anyway we're over time for this episode we'll go into the next one with more stories of trauma from friday (laughs) friday night family shows (laughs) we'll start with family ties just kidding i love that show i know but you full house Full House, all of them incredible best shows. They all of them had at least one or two really traumatic episodes. Saved by the Bell. Yep. There was the time Jesse Spano overdosed on caffeine pills. (laughs) You're right. I'm not laughing at caffeine pills. I'm laughing at the trauma. (laughs) The trauma. All our movies, like the movies we watched as kids. All our movies had trauma. Like we had the secret of Nim where her husband dies and we see like death. And then there was um, Labyrinth, which was crazy, scary babies being abducted. There was, oh my gosh, um, never ending story where what was Artax dies in the swamps of despair. I mean, and the nothing eats everything. It's. What we've been through, you guys, <laughs> just with television and movies, which was all we had to beat our boredom when we didn't have friends around, was traumatic. The right. TV shows I grew up with that I loved were like MASH, which was about doctors in a war zone during the Korean War. Like that was my childhood. That's like kids watch Bluey now. I was watching MASH. <laughs> 
<laughs> kids watch Arth. No, they watch uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. I watched like Dallas and Cheers about people at a bar. Like that was my <laughs> childhood TV show. Kids watch. So I don't know. Even- Mickey Mouse Funhouse. Even when you were watching TV, it was either traumatizing or boring, is what you're saying. Like, even the content wasn't quite right. Yes. I can't relate like, to I people at a bar. Loving it. I'm eight. No, I loved Cheers. But as an adult, I'm like, huh, a show I loved is about a bunch of people at a bar who just went to it. It was at a bar. <laughs> I loved MASH. I was watching surgeries and people dying and war. I loved it. Anyway. That's a whole other episode, I think. But we we are over time. <laughs> we are. I'm going to get on my soapbox on what we used to watch. <laughs> it's good. But next episode, we're going to talk about some of the positive things that can come out of a child being born. No. Let me rephrase that whole thing. <laughs> Cut. There Take are good out. things about children being born. <laughs> because we've only talked about the negatives. <laughs> The word is bored, not born. Bored. Okay, apparently we're going to talk about boredom next time and not kids being born. (laughs) Frowning, dilating. (laughs) The softening of the cervix. No, stop. I could go on. (laughs) Okay, I better stop. (laughs) All right, next time. (laughs) Bye. All right, that's all we have time for today. We got to wrap it up, unfortunately. But just remember, you might think you're doing just okay, but we think you're doing really great. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We hope you have a great mother funny day. Please like and share our podcast. But please don't tell our moms. Okay, so this is, we're doing the episode part one of boredom. Here we go. <gasps> <clears throat> Let's get all our. I didn't have my hauls this time. Hopefully, it's good to do that. I know. Okay, here we go.